All right, folks, welcome to Jetcetra. It's the Winnipeg Free Press podcast about the Jets, other sports, and etc. I'm your host, sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm joined as usual by sports columnist Mike McIntyre. It's been a few weeks, Mike. How are you? I'm well. Uh, I don't like this setting as much as the last podcast we recorded, which was three weeks ago. Three weeks ago? We Seems were at, like 13 years it ago. It does. We were at, uh, oh, 13, not 14 years. A little <laughs> little, little more recent. We were at Pine Ridge Golf Course. We were. Uh, today we're sitting in your office at 13. Just shortly after me sinking that 55-foot putt for birdie. Yeah, we had a great finish to that that uh, that charity event. Um, that was a nice putt, if I do say so myself. It was, and, and you did. You did Twice. say so yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You continue to say so yourself. I will continue to say that. That's the last putt you've drained, Steve, because you haven't played golf since then. I've played a bunch of rounds, uh, and you were on holidays for two weeks. I was. We'll talk about what you were up to. We'll get to that later. So, yeah, let's get to episode 75, Mike. The Ryan Reeves edition? Is he number 75? I think so. No, I don't know. But we always do a bomber. Not always. Or a CFL player. Well, you, it just depends on the numbers. Like, if we were at number eight, we would probably do a hockey player. Yeah. Ken, Ken Hodge. I was going to um, say Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, whatever. The grade eight. Nah. Ken Hodge, man. He was my favorite player as a kid. Oh, was he? Do you remember him? I do, yeah. But he, Played for uh, the Bruins. He's, he's not nearly the goal scorer of the he grade eight. He scored a lot of goals, he but did. not like Ovechkin, but okay, yeah. whatever. Anyways, episode <laughs> 75 is the Tommy Lumsden episode. Oh, yeah, that's a all name. right. Yeah, I do know Tom. Do you know Lumsden. that name? So I've always known that the Tommy Lumsden Trophy is presented annually to the Bombers' top Canadian player. Okay. Okay. Like I always reported that probably. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this year's winner of the Tommy Lumsden Trophy is so forth. Right? Do you know what I mean? But never ever, frankly, took the time to even know who the hell Tommy Lumsden is. Like, good reporting, Steve. <laughs> anyway, so I've learned. Over the decades, it took that long, folks. <laughs> you know, Google <laughs> Google just takes a minute or Google two. Google helped, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, back in the 80s when I was reporting that, and there was no Google back then. Uh, but frankly, okay, so turns out uh, the award is a tribute to Lumsden, who played defensive end, tackle, and guard for the Bombers from 1951 to 1954. But get this, he died at the age of 25 in a Winnipeg hospital after suffering a gallbladder attack near Bozizer. Wow. Yeah. I had, do you ever have, a, ever had gallbladder issues? I have issues? not had a gallbladder issue. Oh my God, Mike. I had gall, gallstones, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I would be like laying on the kitchen floor, like in pain, right. like crying. It's so painful. Eventually had my gallbladder removed. Shouldn't kill you though. Well, this is I the fifties, right? Right. You know I mean? yeah. So, um, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know exactly. I, don't, I didn't do that much research on it. I guess I could get a hold of the Lumsden family. Give you a few more years on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyways, so there's a little story about Tommy Lumsden and uh, still the Bombers are presenting Tommy Lumsden trophy to their top Canadian. I'm not sure who their top Canadian would be so far this year. Nick Dembski, maybe. Yeah. Adam Bighill. He's not Canadian. He's not Canadian. That's no. right. He's not. Uh, Nick did. Well, Andrew Harris has, he's been eh, injured. I mean, yeah. he might by the end of the year. Yeah. Dembski, uh, I'm going with Dembski. The, um, here's one more fun fact about Tommy Lundzen. His number 75 is not officially retired by the Bombers. However, it's not available it's not in available. his honor. So it's I like know. an unofficial retirement. Yeah. Why not just retire it then? 
good question. I mean, if you're through. not going to let anybody wear it, it kind of is retired. So just retire it. Exactly. I don't know. I think people have worn it since 75, though, because there mm. was a guy, Lyle Wozniczynski. He was the top Canadian for the Bombers one year. Right. Won the Tommy Lumsden Trophy. And he wore. Oh, in his honor, probably. Maybe. I don't know. But as I was doing my number 75 yeah, search. That name I came did, up. That name came up. Because I remember a, loving that name. That's a mouthful. It probably. His name bar probably started on like the left shoulder yeah. pad and wrapped all the way around to I, the right. I'm pretty sure I'm saying that right. Yeah. Lyle Wozniczynski. Yeah. 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 I could, couldn't spell it, but I can say it. Yeah. I'd have to Google it to spell it. <laughs> Anyways. There's whoa. our first period of bomber Gross. history lesson. <laughs> Today on episode 75, we're going to chat about the Winnipeg Jets getting their season started on Thursday. Today is Wednesday, September the, I don't know. What's the date today? 15th? Today is the uh, 15th. 15th of September. So yeah. tomorrow, Thursday, September the 16th, the Jets will start their season with a pro minicap, whatever that is. And um, it's a it's it's an advance of their regular training camp, which starts next week. Um, and uh, we'll ask some burning questions about the team entering the 2021-2022 season. That's a mouthful. It is. We'll also chalk, we'll also chalk or talk or chat. That's chat and talk combined. Right. We'll chalk it chalk up. Chalk it up. <laughs> We'll talk about the Bombers sweeping the Riders to sit 5-1. and one. The Jays going 15-3 and three in their last 18 games to now be sitting in a wild card spot. And, of course, we'll chat about our vacations, Mike. Since mm-hmm. we last did one of this, you had one week and I had two. Two you weeks did. vacation. Man, it was nice. Anyways, here's on to the first period, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so the new season starts tomorrow, Mike, with this pro mini camp leading into the full training camp. Uh, Paul Maurice is going to chat tomorrow. You'll uh, staff that. Um, so, okay, what are the burning questions? You can ask Paul about this tomorrow, or you can ask him what you think the burning yeah. questions are. For me, and I'm just going to say this, the on-ice burning question for me is at center. Okay? As in who's playing center? No, the two top centers. Okay? not who's. We know who they are. They're right. Mark Shifley and Pierre-Luc Dubois. But I think the seasons those two guys have will be super, super important on how successful the Jets are this season. One, how will Mark Shifley respond to his situation, let's call it that, right. of getting suspended in the playoffs last year and, in my opinion, really you know, halting any momentum the team had? He's got some amends to make to he does. himself, his fans, the team, in my opinion. And maybe he feels that way too. I don't know. But he needs to have a big season. He's the, he's the number one center. He needs right. to have a big season anyways, right? And then, of course, there's the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois who you know slotted in at number two center and what kind of bounce-back season he will have. That's, so th- to me, that's super important. And then perhaps, but perhaps the biggest burning question for the entire team and the franchise is how they'll do off the ice. It's a season of transition for them. You know, never before. They've they've played the entire first 10 seasons. Is that how many seasons they've played? Yeah, this is number 11. 11 10, they've played the entire first 10 seasons with guaranteed sellouts, waiting list for tickets. and But with all the COVID uncertainty and no lineup for tickets anymore, it's going to be interesting to see how many fans are in the stands right. and, and, and what that's going to look like. So I don't know. What do you think, Mike? 
Yeah, I mean, as for the center position, uh, we know Mark Scheifele is not going to have a very good first game of no. the season because he won't be playing in it in Anaheim. Right. He's got one game left of his suspension. Uh, so those will not be the first two centers for game one, Steve. Uh, I suspect the top two centers in game one will be Pierre-Luc Dubois and what, but Paul Stasny? 70, but for the 81 other Correct. Players, yeah. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, they're doing a media tour in Toronto and I know, I found it interesting the other day he was speaking with some media out in Toronto and he said that he's never never skated more than he did this summer Uh, so let's hope that he can hit the ice kind of hit the ground running hit the ice skating uh, because Pierre-Luc Dubois just never ever looked comfortable uh, other than he had a few games where he showed some glimpses but they were few and far between Um, and you know it's not that they weren't surrounding him like he played a lot with Nikolai Ehlers Kyle Connor, like it's, they just never could seem to find a way to get him going. And, uh, and so I agree. I mean, that's a huge pivotal part. You can, you can break down other key questions, you know, how many game, like is Eric Comrie an, an NHL caliber backup goalie? I'm a little concerned that the Jets, they've spent all this money elsewhere. Did they leave themselves short? Like he's, as much as you love Connor Ellibuck, he he's going to have to get some nights off and, are the 15-ish games that Eric Comrie plays? Like, are you just potentially... Th- eh, you go 500 in those games, yeah. I think you'd be okay. I mean, who's what, what do the blue line pairings look like? There's a lot of um, a lot of options now. Like, I don't think there's any questions on the defense now. No, though, right? no do I, I don't mean? think there's questions about the personnel. I, yeah. I'm curious to see the deployment and how they mesh. Um, I, I actually interviewed Josh Morrissey a few weeks ago, and he said, I tried to get some insight, who are you going to play with? And he didn't know. He said that's what camp will be for. And, um, you know, it may there may be some trial and error in, in preseason to sort of figure out who works well with who. But uh, there's obviously a lot of options. But, yeah, I mean, center ice, uh, you look at teams that usually win the Stanley Cup, they are strong down the middle. And the Jets, you know, on paper should be – that should be a strength. But if Pierre-Luc Dubois has a repeat of last season, like – and Mark Shifley, here's what I'll say about Shifley, Steve, that I, I, I think is an X factor. Uh, NHL players are going to the Olympics. That was confirmed while we were on holidays since we did this podcast. Mark Shifley, we know because he, he often says it, he loves to he loves to be judged on a big set, right? He wants to be seen with the McDavid's and the Matthews. Um and so this is going to be a big first couple months for Mark. Now, I don't think his position on Team Canada at the Olympics is in jeopardy. I think he's a lock to be on Team Canada. But he probably wants to show that that he's a guy that can be counted on. And so maybe the that kind of hanging over the season will be an, another good motivator for Mark Shifley to kind of bring his best from day one of, of the season and maybe a bit of a chip on his shoulder at how last season ended trying to right the wrong, if you will, or make amends. Uh, but it, it should lead into a very interesting kind of training camp and then uh, set the stage for what, what should be a big pivotal year for so, these So uh, the other question, I guess, you know, up front would be, you know, what it's going to look like on the fourth line. Yeah, um, last a year, lot of the, competition. Yeah, the last, the last year the team, you know, uh, deployed. Uh, is that the right? Deployed or yep. employed? Yeah, deployed. deployed. Um, you know, some veterans, uh, Nate Thompson. The Dirty 30s. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lewis, Lewis Matthew uh, Perot. Matthew Perot. Um, this year, it probably it's going to be younger guys, right? You yes. know what I mean? And so 
Um, you know, th that could be different. How much trust uh, Maurice will have in them and how they'll play could could determine. But I still think, you know, the team is going is, is, is going to win based on how well its best players yeah. up front play, right? Do right. You know I mean? that, and, and, and to me, that was no different than it was last year. You know, many times last year, you know, as I pointed out numerous times, they lost when they didn't score that third goal. Yes. And so there were many times where it wasn't the defense that lost them games, but maybe that third goal this year would come from the defense. Right. Some I think guys, there'll be more offense yeah. from the back end this year with yeah. the addition of Nate Schmidt and Brendan Dillon. And then they have the same top guys. Like they kept the core other than losing Mason Appleton. And I know you don't consider him a Who? top guy. Exactly. They have. He might have been better this year. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, the Jets, there's there's a clear top eight, a core eight. Yeah. Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Ehlers, Dubois, uh, Wheeler, uh, Stasny, Stasny, Lowry, and Lowry Cop. Yeah. So like those guys, you're right. I mean, the fourth line, sure, you need some contributions, but that's what they're going to no, live or die with. Those are eight really good hockey players, they are. you know? And so if you have eight really good players up front and then you've got a handful of really good players on your blue line, and they do. And arguably the best goalie in the league. Well, one in of that. them anyway. Yeah. Let's say top five at least anyway. So that's, a, that's on paper, uh, they look really good. It just will depend on how each one of those top players plays. And right. So, you know. I, I, and as I'm uh, I'm writing in a column that's today. That's the obvious. To your it? other point, you know, if they build it, will they come? I, I would argue that yeah. Kevin Cheveldayoff has built a an impressive roster with the additions. Yeah. Will they come? Uh, there's a lot of desperation you see these days from the Jets on social media to sell tickets, mini packs, individual game tickets. There's clearly no waiting list. I think it's a sign of the time, Steve. And yeah, this is very different. And you'll, you'll point this out, I'm sure, in your comic. This is very different than the Times Jets 1.0 where fans stopped coming to right. the rink uh, for a variety of different reasons. Um, the reason that fans might be trepidatious Love Great the, word. Thank you. Uh, about coming to the rink this year is not because of the team on ice no. or any it, it, at all. It has to do with the global pandemic and and the fourth wave of of the Delta Delta variant and all this that's going on. You know, so um, but it that that presents a a, a challenge to the team. Uh, I, you know, it, and and again, it financially, it's not the same either. You know, they they they're currently owned by partly owned by the one richest the guy the richest region. guy in Canada and one of the richest guys in the world back in the 90s they were owned by Barry Shankro right um you know who was who was a great you know a good owner but had just not the same resources as as Mark Chipman and 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 more notably David Thompson right yeah i don't think you have to worry about the moving trucks pulling up to uh, the corner of of Portage and Donald anytime soon to to head no. to the desert or some other no. destination, but for sure um, it, it'll be a storyline to keep an eye on. You know yeah. what kind of crowds are they going yeah. to? And we'll soon find out, Steve. The first preseason game is like ten days from now, yeah, next, um, a week from Sunday. A week from right? Sunday, so and preseason is an even tougher sell than regular season. So uh, sets the stage for what should be uh, some some fun times ahead here. <laughs> Okay, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jet Setra podcast. Had to take a little time out there to look after some staff scheduling stuff. Apparently, Mike, I forgot to schedule somebody to cover the Bombers practice today. Who? 
The Bombers? The Bombers. Are they playing football? Apparently they are. <laughs> they're 5-1. and one. They're playing really good football is what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. Um, other than the kicking game, uh, what the heck is that? Um, Although the new guy, the new new guy, I saw it. He he was he's claiming that his range, Steve, is sixty to seventy yards. And so okay, so goals. why has he not been kicking anywhere? He's, yeah, exactly. Now we were some people were this wondering is all the other they day could find where he was, uh, but apparently he couldn't be available until now because I guess he had to do some quarantine when they signed him. Oh, uh, so he's out of that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if he's that. Like, look at even in the NFL, there's a bunch of teams having kicking problems, right? So, yeah. I thought it was funny that during the uh, broadcast the other day, um, the panel, by the way, the panel has been a lot better on TSN lately now that Milt Stiegel is in the studio yeah. live. Jim Barker's still terrible. He's a, he was a little, he's, he's, he's a little better. He's getting a little better, Mike. Yeah. And, and David Sanchez was little better. Bar. K. Kate Burness is getting better. They're getting better. I think having Milt in the studio has helped. I took a shot at them earlier in my play, but earlier this season, they were terrible. Yeah. Um, they were better. I I, I, I got to say, they were, they, they've been better. Jim Barker was actually better. Yeah. It's a low bar, low standard. But. Uh, well, he's new to it. We'll, we'll <laughs> That's give him true. a chance. I, I wasn't very good at this job when I first started it, apparently. apparently some people don't think I still aren't. Still not any good <laughs> But yeah, other than the kicking game, which uh, I mean, surprisingly, it hasn't really cost the Bombers. The one loss they have had nothing to do with the kicking game. Uh, five and one. And what's crazy, Steve, I mean, you would know this better than anybody. And the, the CFL, at least it used to be a very offensive league, right? Like you had to put up at least 25 points to kind of have a fighting chance. The Bombers have held their opponent in four of their six games to single digits. Mm. That used to be... To hold a team to single digits in the CFL, if you did that once or twice in a season, that was probably really impressive. The Bombers have done it in two-thirds of their games so far. Yeah, so, yeah, and we've talked about their defense. It's been very impressive. They've done it with, uh, you know, even with getting some guys hurt, some people in and out of the lineup, some people that I, I, I can't even name uh, as far as defensive backs. They're newer to the right. league or whatever. And um, but they've got this core, you know. We talked about the core that the Jets have. The Bombers have this core on defense that, you know, with Adam Big Hill and Willie Jefferson and Jackson Jeffcoat and Jake Thomas and Brandon Alexander, um, right in the middle, all, all in the middle there, or whatever. That that um, you know, just and 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 then, man, oh man, I I, I got to give some kudos to Richie Hall here. Okay, we've taken some shots much at Richie, maligned. much maligned Richie Hall. He, he, you know, here's another guy that just, you know, seems to be getting better at his job as the, as, 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 as the years go by. And, and hopefully that's the way it works with people. <laughs> 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 Again, uh, uh, present company excluded. Yeah. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, he, he, he seems to make the right calls. He, and, and, and so that's important as well. He's putting his players in good positions to succeed. Sure. And so, um, yeah, they've been, they've been really good on defense, but I, you know, the one thing, though, against uh, I will make a note of this, and I was hoping somebody was going to write about it today. Now that I actually have somebody covering the bombers, um, but the one thing also that I want to talk about with the bombers is that man, oh man, they've got a a very dynamic, interesting receiving they core. Do. Um, you know, like they've got a bunch of playmakers there. You know, like Nick Dembski, Darvin Adams, uh, Rashid Bailey. Kenny Lawler and Drew Olatarski. Yeah, that's um, and they've got a guy in the practice roster, uh, Roosevelt, 
uh, who used to be a really good player for Saskatchewan. I'm not sure he's 33 now. I'm not sure how how, how his legs are now, but th- that those five guys. That's uh, you know with with what might be as you mentioned uh, in one of your columns, the best quarterback in the league in Zach Kalaros, one of the best quarterbacks, anyways, and in a solid running back in Andrew Harris. This offense has the potential yeah. to actually be just as dynamic and headline grabbing as the defense well they put up 33 points against what at least until the last two weeks looked like a pretty dominant saskatchewan team uh and i wonder steve you talked about richie hall but maybe some credit also goes to buck pierce yeah. for yeah. kind of finding his footing don't forget this is a guy who took over for paul Apolise. uh last season was a washout so he's just kind of getting his bearings and i think we would agree the offense maybe the first three or four games of the year was a little spotty. Now, yep. Andrew Harris wasn't available the Correct. first couple of games. Um, Darvin Adams, I think, missed the first couple as Two, yeah. well. Yeah. But so they got up. They, they were got, kind of just relying on the big play. They were. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, they've now seemed to have found their stride, and that's a dangerous one-two punch for sure uh, that's got to have everybody in the CFL. Uh, Craig Dickinson, this must have pained him to say this the other day, uh, that he tipped his hat. I mean, the Bombers did just school the Rough Riders two straight weeks, uh, and he said the Bombers are clearly the kind of class of the CFL, and the rest of us are trying to play catch-up here. And that would certainly seem to be the case. Um, you know, the Bombers, they haven't even had an easy schedule. If you look at who they've played, like it's not like they've put their five wins up against the Ottawas or the Edmontons. Or, you know, they've they've yep. played Saskatchewan twice. They've played Toronto twice. Yep. Toronto might be the best team in the East. Calgary. Uh, and Hamilton. So, you know, the, the one loss. I'm that, not sure who the best team is after the Bombers. Frankly. Yeah. They all seem to be like winning and losing on any given week. There's no there's no rhyme or reason to who beats who. I mean, Calgary came out and beat Edmonton after Edmonton had beaten Calgary yeah. in Calgary. And it's just like, what, what the heck? BC looks okay. But again, you have to exactly. you know, look who they played. Um, so if you're the Bombers, you're five and one. I thought Montreal was going to be great. And yeah. Then, and they, hey, by the way, so how is it that Karhari Jones tests positive for COVID? Good question. Um, and I believe there's some there's some Argonauts coaches as well. Well, are they, is it not mandatory that they they're vaccinated or are these yeah, breakthroughs? The are these breakthrough cases? cases? What do you do? Where it, are you? Like out at a rave or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's Montreal. Well, what the hell's going on? I don't know. Um, Anyways, I mean, I hey, guess, yeah, it's Montreal. I'd be out too, I guess. No, yeah, maybe. I, I, I mean, so there's only eight games left in the regular season. So normally it'd be five and one. You're like, okay, that's really good, but there's still two thirds of the season left. That's not the case when the Bombers play in Edmonton this weekend, Steve. That's the midway mark of their season already. Uh, game seven of a of a fourteen game season. I mean, should we almost just put their name down to be hosting the the West Final like in early December because it seems like well yeah I'd be I, I I you know with all they have going on defensively offensively I mean the special teams are good other than the kicker thing or whatever yeah. I mean I guess that could cost you a game or two and it could you know what I mean but uh, yeah they're going to be hard to beat you know on sure. on any given game they're going to be hard to beat and so could they go into a losing streak? Eh, that seems unlikely. So yeah, yeah I would, I would, you know, I wrote a, a piece the, the other day, there. just about the bombers sort of on and off the field. It just strikes me, Steve, that they've become the model franchise in this league now uh, in, in a lot of ways, right? Like they, they kind of led the way they were the first organization to announce mandatory vaccinations for fans and everybody else kind of followed suit. 
Uh, they just had 33,000, you know, sell out at the Banjo Bowl the other day. Um, you know, what Wade Miller and Kyle Walters and Mike O'Shea have done uh, to kind of get this franchise from where they were, you know, and even when they those guys took over in 2013, there was some growing pains. Like it wasn't just an immediate turnaround. And in fact, there were a lot of people that wondered if they were even the right guys for, and you look at now, like patience has clearly paid off when it comes to the Bombers. And, and uh, you know, the, the, these are bright days for them, for sure. Speaking of Wade Miller, um, next Wednesday, right? I believe it's next Wednesday, so yep. a week from today, uh, folks, Mike McIntyre and I will be hosting an online town, town hall. hall thingy. That's the best way I can describe <laughs> it. Oh, it's an event. Okay, uh, that's the right Th- word, isn't event it? Event is probably better than thingy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anything online is the thingy. Right. Uh, <laughs> so this online thingy that we're doing on YouTube slash Zoom, I don't know, whatever. It's a, any, okay, so there's this town hall thing that we're event. <laughs> what a sell job. <laughs> it's going to be great, this thing. Lots of things are great, yeah. Mike. Okay. Not all events are great. No. But the, the, most things are. This thingy will <laughs> most be. Most thingies are. So it's going to be a town hall on uh, COVID and the return of sport yeah and so you can um it's participate free. it's free you can participate you can sign up at eventbrite um both mike and i will have information in our newsletters i hope you guys get that uh or you can go online or there's an ad in the paper with my big head and mike's small head uh, <laughs> somebody said your head's twice the size of mine i exactly I think the dimensions were that significant it's a little out of whack but it's just like it's just you're the, the boss you, you're exactly. supposed to have a big head that's what i said to the guy go like if i have to answer that question right. i mean like man cliff come <laughs> on man so anywho um so the it's a it's a pan, it's a panel about the return to sports and you can submit questions and the two our two guests uh, for the one-hour event will be Bombers uh, President and CEO Wade Miller and Sport Manitoba uh, President and CEO Janet McMahon. And so if you have any questions uh, that you might want to ask Wade or Janet about return to sport, um, send them in. Uh, send me an email if you're interested. If you ha- if you need details, you can send me an email at steve.lyons at freepress.mb.ca or mike.mcintyre at freepress.mb.ca. We'll give you all the details. And, um, yeah, you know, like I think both uh, – listen, Wade, Wade, Wade did a masterful job getting the people back for that first game, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to talk to him about that. And and then the return of, the return of amateur sports is a big deal around sure. here too. So I'm sure Janet, hockey tryouts are happening. Yeah, I'm sure Janet has hockey, lots yep. of lots of information. I'm sure you folks have lots of questions. So feel free to um, send us an email or join the discussion. All right, folks, we're back for the third period of our Jet Setter podcast. As we've mentioned a couple of times, Mike, um, it's been a while since we did one of these. And during that absence of three weeks since we did it, you had a week off. I had two weeks off. Get this, Mike. During that two weeks, I did a lot of different things. And we can touch on them if anybody's interested. But I actually watched more sports in that two weeks. Right. Than I do during a normal two weeks of work. What well, the hell? Well, so part of that was that there was three bomber games, and and if 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 I didn't work in the sports industry, frankly, I'd probably go to bomber games. I, yeah, I like football. I, I'm not. I do. I like Canadian football, and I I kind of like the bombers a bit. So um, 
And then secondly, I was watching the Jays, you know, and so it's getting dark earlier in, yep. in the evening. And so you used to have the nine o'clock rule. I did the have nine o'clock. Have you moved that perfect. up a bit? I have basically now. It's kind of it's out the window, really. You know what I mean? You got to like, be in by dark. I got. Nah, I'm home after six or okay. whatever. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I'm home at night. It's, yeah. So it's it's getting dark at seven thirty, right? You yeah. Know what I mean? So, um, you know, I got lots in stuff, uh, lots of activities in during the day. And then in the evening, it was nice to watch a Jays game. And they're winning. Like, oh, my God. Can't take like, your eyes off them. Cause well, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> They've been must-see TV lately, for sure. <laughs> Last night aside, the bats went cold for one night anyways. Right. Uh, yeah, 15-3, and three, basically, while we've been away. So the Jays have been the hottest team in the majors. There's only, Steve two and a half weeks left in the season. The Jays have, I believe, including today's game, they're playing this afternoon, I believe they have 17 games left. And if the playoffs started today, they would be in it. They'd be in it. They've got a soft schedule too. After the game against Tampa today, they play Minnesota, they play Baltimore. They play Minnesota uh, they twice, play Minnesota two twice, series. Two series against Then Minnesota. they have one more against Tampa, one more series, and one more against New York. Oh, so they, they have more? five series left. And, and one against Baltimore. Right, so yeah. Baltimore once, Minnesota twice, New York and Tampa. Uh, but you could argue, actually, other than Tampa, New York's below them in the standings. So every they only have one of five series I think they left. They tied them last night, didn't they? They are. That's right. New York won. Uh, but so the Jays are very much in control of their own destiny, and they are absolutely hitting the cover off the ball. Some ridiculous numbers. They got f- two guys with over 100 RBIs. They got five guys. Six guys, I think, now with over 80. I mean, Lourdes Gurriel, who you and I have texted a bit about, he's hitting seventh in the line. This is a guy who's hit four grand slams this year. Might be the hottest hitter right now in the league. And he's seventh in the lineup. Like, they are so deep. And they're also getting really good pitching now. Um, I think that's the thing. They, they are. They're getting really – other than Ryu. Hinjen Ryu has uh, – Every second game, he's terrible. Yeah. Um, but, um, so Robbie Ray was pitching today, right? He yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. This afternoon. And the bullpen is really stabilized. Like yeah. some of these guys they've brought in Simber Richards, Joaquin Soria has yeah, been Nate pretty Pearson good. Was Nate pretty Pearson. Good in, yeah, yeah. He was pretty good in the bullpen. Julian Merriweather could be another with the yeah. guy throws a hundred and Jordan Romano has been pretty Jordan good. Jordan Romano has been great. So, so it's funny while I was on vacation, I bumped into Paul Wiesick, huge Yankees fan. Yes. Uh, in Gimli, I was in Gimli. Uh, Wiesick lives in that area. I won't tell you where, folks. <laughs> <laughs> not going to give his address. Anyways, he said, he said to me at one point, um, he says, uh, this was two weeks ago, he said, or so, he says, well, what the hell happened to the Jays? Because at that particular time, yeah. they were they were in the tank a bit, right? Do you know what I mean? Um, but they were eight and a half back of the Yankees they like were. three weeks ago. They were, and he's ago. a huge now Yankees tied. fan, so yeah. he's gloating a right. bit, you know, blah, blah, blah. Did blah, his blah. victory lap. So, yeah, so I was going to text him, uh, but I haven't. <laughs> to, so that's what happened to the Jays there, right. Paulie. Um, the, it sets up interesting last couple of weeks of the year. And Steve, I'm going to be speaking of vacations. I will be yeah. in New York. When are you going to New York, Mike? Leave in two weeks. I will be in New York. My son and I have our tickets at Yankee stadium two weeks from this Friday, which is the final weekend of the regular season. The Yankees are playing the Rays in that final series. That could be a massive series. Where are you sitting? We are sitting down uh, close to the first base, close to first base. Is it open? Like, the, can they have as many people yeah, as they can? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else are you doing in New York? We are going to three musicals, three Broadway musicals. You like we're, the musicals? I, I, hate, lo- I, I the love, musicals. I love musicals. Yeah, yeah, they drive me crazy. We're going to uh, Hamilton. I like dramas. 
dramas or comedies yeah comedies are good but Comedy. i like i like a good musical yeah, yeah. les mis is like my absolute favorite thing in the world i could yeah I, you, I know, could, you can pay me to go to that i also like days of our I read lives the book. like i'm a soap opera guy too <laughs> so that probably says a lot about me uh yeah we're seeing wicked hamilton and aladdin we're doing the 9-11 memorial which should be probably very heavy but i've heard that it's quite the experience um We'll go to Central Park. We're going to walk over the Brooklyn Bridge, which apparently we're going to do the the hop on, hop off, like borough tour, the five borough tour. I, I highly recommend, I, and I've, I've said this to people or whatever, that one of the best things you can do when you go to a big city like New York yep. or London or Paris or wherever you go is the very first day is to do the hop on, hop off. Yeah. Just, but don't hop off. Just stay on oh. it and do the entire like three hour tour, yep. whatever three hour tour <laughs> with Gilligan, and uh, and and then you see everything, yeah. and then that gives you an idea of what you might want to do for the remaining time that you're there. You know what I mean? So I, I've done that. I, I like it. It's fun. We are doing the so we're actually doing the hop on hop off tour. I believe we're doing it on just day in, two, just in Brooklyn, so, though. No, we're gonna do all five boroughs. So oh, okay. yeah, we're and I, I cool. So I have a similar mindset as as you because I want my. I've been to New York a few times. My wife has been once. Kids have never been. So for that reason, I think it's great. You get kind of the lay of the land. Yeah, and uh, should be beautiful. Central Park will be beautiful in early October. I'll never, I'll never forget the uh, the first time I went to London, England, not Ontario, by the way, <laughs> um, and did that tour in your. You just see so much. Right? Yeah. You're like, oh my God. I felt like it was in a movie or something. It's yeah. like surreal, right? right? You know what I mean? Coming yeah. And if you have a good guide kind of yeah. you know, narrating it. So, yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. But uh, I, I look forward to hopefully cheering the Blue Jays on from New York because I hope, I mean, who knows what. Are you going to wear your Blue Jays cap to Yankee Stadium? I actually don't have a Blue Jays cap. I thought you did. Oh, I, you got an I have an Expos cap. hat, which, by the way, I bought when I was in Montreal covering the Stanley Cup final. And then this is the this is trolling 101, Steve. I actually wore my Expos hat to Tampa to watch a Tampa Bay right. Rays game right. because of the Rays, of course, it's long been rumored that right. they might get moved to Montreal. Uh, I'd say that fans were offended, but there was nobody there because they can't draw flies, even though they have the best team in, in the I'll give division. you one highlight from my vacation, yeah. Mike. I went up to Gimli to do some biking. I also went to Hecla. There's some beautiful cycling in the Gimli, uh, Hecla areas, and I'll, I'll have a story about that in our travel section in a couple weeks uh, next week. And, um, but one of the great things that I like to do when I'm on vacation is look for food. I think that's all I really do. Right. Frankly, I, it, it, the, 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 the sights and the attractions are just something to do in between meals. Right. Um, and so, <laughs> and in particular, and, and one of the things I'm always looking for is desserts. I think I gained five pounds on vacation, by the way. And, and I biked like hundreds of miles. I, on I biked a thousand kilometers on vacation. Yikes. And I think I gained five, wow. five, five, five that's pounds. That's hard to do. Okay. But that's because. I ate like I all think the pie. two dozen butter tarts. Okay, so there's a bakery in Gimli. Uh, man, I can't remember the name of it. The sweet cookie shop or something like that. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just butchering it. Um, I, I can find it. Anyways, the, there's a lady there. She just bought it, and um, she's known as the butter tart lady. Mm. And so I go in there one day, and I I see that they have a scores butter tart. Okay, like I like anything scores, yeah, frankly, right. scores blizzard, scores bar, scores, yeah. just scores. Give it to me. And so and so I'm like, I'm going to try that, man. So I get it. and I eat it. Oh, my God. Died people. and went to heaven. It was uh, like I love butter tarts. Yeah. It, just in general. Right. I don't know why people don't like them. 
because um, they have raisins in them or something, right? Do you like raisins? I hate raisins. So I was going to ask you if they had raisins in them because some butter tarts don't. They don't. You can buy My the mom ra- makes butter you can tarts buy raisin raisins. list ones or yeah. whatever. About apparently uh, the lady who uh, Michelle Weirda, who uh, uh, now uh, make the butter tart lady, told me that about fifteen percent of her. Uh, business is it for non-raisins, but oh my God, people, hang on here a second here. Talk, Mike, while I look for this. The uh, the one way to ruin a butter tart or a cinnamon bun is to put, or carrot cake, is to put raisins in it. And I, I will die on that hill that uh, raisins do not belong in in any of those baked goods, especially carrot cake. There's nothing worse than discovering a raisin in your carrot cake. Did you find the name, Steve? I did, yeah. Okay, here it is. You want to give a shout out here to? It it's the Sugar Me Cookie Boutique oh. in the Lighthouse Mall on Center Street in Gimli. It was formerly known, uh, best known for its cinnamon buns and Icelandic vinatarta, mm-hmm. which is awesome, by the way. And they still have great cinnamon buns and vinatarta there. But the butter tarts, like, oh my God. Folks, make the trip. <laughs> All right, folks, we're back for the overtime period of our Jet Setra podcast. I think we're going long today, Mike, but whatever. It feels we like done, we're going long. We haven't done long. it for three weeks. Poor Jen. She's got to wade through all this. Poor Jen. What about the people? If there's yeah. any, if there's anybody <laughs> There's nobody listening. left, Steve. They're gone. Oh, come on. Okay. So uh, I noticed in your column today, you mentioned, you said, you called him the great... Neil, Neil Diamond. Diamond. Okay, so are you, are not you a Neil Diamond fan? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I love Neil Diamond. So if there was one concert, and I was telling this to somebody just just a couple weeks ago, somebody asked me if there's one concert, if there's one person you could see in concert. Yeah. And I said Neil Diamond, of course. And they're like Neil Diamond. I go, oh yeah, man. So I, so my mom, she loved Neil Diamond, right? Okay. So he came to Winnipeg once. Yeah. And um, and um. So our former mayor, Mr. Sam Cates, who was running Night Out Entertainment at the time yeah. or whatever, um, I happened to, he happened to score me a couple of tickets to Neil Diamond. Um, I think I paid for them. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I did. And, <laughs> and, and If not, you owe Sam some money. <laughs> or a favor. Right. Um, <laughs> he's still calling me for favors. Uh, <laughs> Steve, how come we don't have more gold ice coverage? <laughs> Remember I got you those Neil Diamond right, tickets? Exactly. No, he's never said that. I'm just kidding, folks. He never, pro cro- he never said pro quo. He, he's never said no. that. I totally just made that up. Anyways, I gave the tickets to my mom. Oh, that's a good she, son. Yeah, thanks. And she took a friend of hers, and they went, and they loved it. So, um, but you deprived yourself. Now, did you really want to see it at the time? Oh, Why yeah. didn't you go with your mom? Well, she... No, that you didn't want to cramp her style, yeah, or she she'd with, cramp your style. I don't know. That seemed, yeah. You know, in retrospect, maybe that would have been the right, right. thing to do. And I might write a story about that. Actually, um, yeah, probably. Would. So, um, yeah. So when I was a kid, like eight, nine, ten years old. So this is 1968, 69, 70. The most common record that was there's these things, folks. If you uh, most of our <laughs> listeners probably know, you put this record album. Well, they kind of made a comeback. They have. Records Vinyl have, has yeah. made a comeback. And so uh, Neil Diamond's Greatest Hits was always on there. And the first song on Neil Diamond's Greatest Hits was Kentucky, Solitary Man, 
followed by Kentucky Woman. What's your favorite Neil Diamond song? Is it oh, Sweet Caroline? It is Sweet Caroline. Is it? And eh. maybe it's because I'm a sports It's become kind guy, of cliche. Sp- but, it had, but it's become a sports anthem. And I has. just love... I, I hate the Red Sox, but I love the... Um, yeah, they started. I love, they? Right. They yeah. played at the seventh inning. And there's just something about a crowd, the crowd singing along that I just find... Yeah, it's I just love it. It's goosebumpy. And, right. And so yeah. I was at the Banjo Bowl and... I got goosebumps. I've in never the seen them do that at the Bombers. I haven't before. either, but it just, and so I actually used it as the hook for my column because it dawned on me like, good t- these are good times for the Bombers, yeah. for everybody here. Everybody's having a great time. It seemed like the perfect song for the perfect moment. And yeah, I just kind of, it just makes me feel good. And that's kind of what music should do, right? My favorite Neil Diamond, Neil Diamond song is Cherry Cherry. Okay, so or and I am I said yeah, uh, 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 but there's a lot of he's got a lot of great tunes. Um, I'm not sure that he's ever going to tour again. Um, that would be great if he did, but I don't think he's got some medical issues. Yeah, I don't think he will. That voice. Just... What about you? If you could just see one one act, one act. Uh, well, this is this is a modern act, but and yeah, I've, yeah, that's I've okay. seen them twice, but and I I, oh. I want to see them again. It's the Killers. I love the Killers. I'm a oh, huge yeah. fan of. Brandon Flowers, they're the Las Vegas band. You know who I saw years ago that I was surprised I enjoyed it as much as I did because they put on the concert was tremendous. It was Coldplay. Oh yeah, they're just a yeah. really good concert, like big venue. Kind they're of one of those concert. bands that everybody loves to hate, eh? Like Nickelback. they are right. Coldplay and Nickelback. Exactly, but well, I don't get that. There's so much hate for Nickelback. I know. Like, no, Coldplay. That's probably the best concert I've ever seen. And best uh, concert I've ever seen here in winnipeg was tom petty the first time he came here a few years ago and 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 his opening act was steve winwood yeah and i'm like a huge steve winwood fan and he and and dear he played a version of dear mr fantasy that night that went on for like 15 minutes right and then and then he sang also a classic can't find my way home uh with tom petty and the heartbreakers at one point and and, and it was the first time i'd ever got to see tom petty and i'm a huge tom petty fan and that's to me the most memorable concert that I've ever been to, uh, for sure. Yeah. Are you a Bruce Springsteen guy? Everybody yeah, I'm talks okay. about. Have you seen Bruce no, in concert? No, no, I'm that's not, gonna not go out on of like my... your bucket list. No, no. There's lots of people that are. I don't. I don't mind Bruce Springsteen, but yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't think. I think I had a Bruce Springsteen couple, maybe a couple of Bruce Springsteen discs or whatever. Tunnel of Love, I like. People like the old stuff or whatever. Eh. eh. Now, if I could see a concert of somebody that's no longer with us, this that's an easy one for me. I would have loved to have seen Elvis in concert. <laughs> I'm I'm a big fan of Elvis Presley. Sure, yeah, why would not? have been that would have been great to go see Elvis. Favorite Elvis song? Probably Blue Suede Shoes. Oh wow! Yeah, I used to sing that at karaoke a lot. I love the hunk hunk of burning love. Yeah, but no, Blue Suede Shoes was kind of my go-to karaoke jam. And no, folks, you I'm not going to sing. I did karaoke. I'll have to talk about that. I used to host karaoke when I was like 17, 18 oh, years you old. Told yeah. Me this, yeah, Santa Lucia on Regent Avenue, and oh. uh, Spanky's Lounge on Monroe were our two regular haunts. Oh. Yeah. Wow. We used to have a whole following of regulars. What was the most and- popular karaoke song for people to sing? Uh, oh boy, probably 
little red Corvette. Oh, wow. By big, Prince? Yeah, that was a big one. And I'll tell you, uh, this, this was the one. So I used to be responsible for the order of the songs. People would fill out with a pencil on the, the request form. They'd bring it up to you. And you, I'd organize and decide what order I was going to bring these people up. So usually at some point in the evening, I really had to go to the bathroom. So I, and inevitably, someone would request Stairway to Heaven. So I would put Stairway to Heaven to the side until I wanted yeah. a bathroom break because it's a nine-minute song. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that I could just put that on and then I could go take a break. So that was like my pee break song. That's funny you say that because as you know, or maybe you did know that I was a DJ, right? Absolutely, I worked yeah. as a DJ in bars yeah. and also did a lot of weddings and socials and stuff like that. Bar mitzvahs? I don't think I ever did a Mar Bits, but I did quite a few curling banquets. They yeah. rocked, man. The best, the, Pun the fun. You know, I never even know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And so the most popular, here, here's funny, but you mentioned that and you'd have to put on a long song. So right. Go to the, I, I used to smoke back then too, so I could go out for a cigarette. Yeah. Um, or I don't know, maybe uh, you might have even been able to just smoke in the place with back then. Anyways, it's ancient. Probably. History. Yeah. So the song, the go to song, that everybody always wanted to hear at every single social wedding, curling banquet, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is in the eighties. Yeah, um, is what? YMCA. No, well, that, they love that too. Yeah, but there's a song called Gloria by Gloria, Laura, yeah. Laura Branigan. Right. Who, well, Gloria became the anthem of the St. Louis Blues when they won the cup it in did. 2018. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's funny. All right, Mike, we better wrap it up. So I'm not sure. Are we doing one of these next week? Well, we're doing our, we're doing, I'm not sure either because we're doing, probably we're doing this not. Town hall thing, because folks. we're doing the town hall Wednesday and then Jets training camp starts Thursday. So I don't know. We'll I think it'll be two weeks till we get to episode 76. Yeah. But folks, if uh, once again, we're doing this town hall thing next week. We'd love to have you join us, um, ask some questions. Um, and um, uh, no, uh, somebody asked me if there was going to be pie. Um, <laughs> Virtual pie. You can bring your own pie. You BYOP. Bring your own pie, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, <laughs> We'll see you at the thingy, folks. Take, take care. <laughs>